Attacking Injustice with the Montana Innocence Project. This podcast tells the real stories behind wrongful and unjust convictions and illuminates the complex issues responsible for making our criminal justice system unjust. Today we are bringing you the story of Montana Innocence Project client Katie Garding, whose conviction for vehicular homicide was overturned in March. Let's begin unpacking. In the last episode, we learned more about incentivized witnesses and ineffective assistance of counsel and how those issues show up in Katie's case. After the Montana Innocence Project acquired the accident reconstruction evidence proving Katie's innocence, the legal team filed a post-conviction relief petition, which is a mechanism for asking a court to overturn a conviction. The court where the trial originally occurred is first to review the PCR petition. For Katie, this was Montana's 4th Judicial District Court. Notably, in response to MTIP's accident reconstruction, the state altered their own story. To convict Katie, they said it was a high-speed crash based on the crime scene and eyewitnesses who estimated the speed of the vehicle. Once MTIP's evidence proved this was impossible, the state changed the facts to a low-speed crash. So you recall that I said that like we presented the experts, we approached multiple experts, um, based on the state's every fact the state based its conviction of katie off of and we gave it to scientists and said hey run the numbers tell us if this will work and they said no it wouldn't work and so what the state did to respond to our post-conviction relief petition saying like hey all this new evidence says that this isn't possible is that the state said okay we're going to get our own expert going to be a state trooper and he's going to say actually I think that the accident happened this way it's the difference between the speed of the vehicle um you know one theory is a high speed crash one theory is a low speed crash it's the difference and and by the way in the state's uh, abandoning of its theory of the case what it also does is contradict the evidence from its own witnesses who were there, eyewitnesses at the time saying, I heard a whoosh, it was a fast car. Now they're saying it's a low speed accident because they're having to backpedal. This is a really, I mean, I can't think of, I haven't seen this happen before where the state just goes, well, let's find a different way. But that's what they're doing. The state has conceded it could not convict Katie based off of the theory that it furthered to convict her. Ultimately, the court denied the PCR petition. They found that Katie's trial attorney was not ineffective for failing to hire an accident reconstruction expert, but rather that she was strategic in focusing her defense on discrediting James' false accusation. The Montana Supreme Court also denied the PCR petition. Both courts made the same finding about strategy, despite having an affidavit from the trial attorney expressly stating that it was not strategy. It was a terrible oversight. In July 2020, MTIP filed a writ of habeas corpus to the United States District Court for the District of Montana. This asked a court to determine whether it's lawful for a state to have someone in custody. Later that same year, Katie was granted parole, subject to the successful completion of a pre-release program. This was an incredible achievement for someone maintaining their innocence. Katie completed pre-release and was paroled in February 2021. She was out, but she was not free. 
because she was still being wrongfully supervised on parole. Finally, 13 years after her wrongful conviction, on March 23, 2023, the federal district court ruled in favor of Katie on the issue of ineffective assistance of counsel and overturned her conviction. Judge Dana Christensen issued the court's opinion, writing that the lower courts incorrectly applied the Strickland test. We asked legal director Katie Carpenter to summarize the order. What the federal district court said was that that was an objectively unreasonable analysis of the evidence before the the courts, the lower courts, and that they misapplied Strickland in that way because based on the record before it, Katie had met the two-prong test under Strickland. And so um, that was a really incredible thing because at every court that you appeal to, um, you know, the window of discretion gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And so to win at that level, um, you know, to have the conviction overturned at that level is actually even more rare. Judge Christensen wrote that while attorneys are given the discretion to make strategic decisions, they must first gather sufficient evidence to base their strategy on. Katie's trial counsel knew her vehicle had minimal damage, so there was no strategic reason for not consulting an expert in accident reconstruction. Judge Christensen wrote that this prejudiced Katie's chances of proving her innocence because without evidence to the contrary, the state's theory that her vehicle struck and killed a victim was the only evidence the jury had to consider. The district court ruled Katie's conviction was overturned and then directed the state, hey, you can appeal this and you can vacate Katie's uh, criminal conviction at the state level um, within this timeline. And if you don't, um, then, you know, like you're going to be there's that's the end. This this overturning stands. Late last month, we learned how the state and attorney general's office planned to proceed. The state of Montana um, moved the state court to vacate her conviction, and the state court did. It ordered that her conviction be vacated, thus releasing her from state custody. Once it did that, the federal courts, as we argue, no longer had jurisdiction under the writ of habeas corpus because she was no longer in state custody. This, the AG's office disagrees with us on that, uh, and they are actually seeking to appeal from the federal district court's order overturning her conviction on the basis of IAC. This issue unfolds as the legal team prepares to represent Katie in her retrial. Very different this time around. Um, you know, we recognize that the science of the known world supports that it could not have been Katie's vehicle. So, I mean, that's going to be a big part. I don't think that I'm putting my neck out here by saying like, that's going to be a really big part of um, any defense for Katie. Um, if she's found guilty, she will face prison time. Um, yeah. Even though she's already served all of this time, she will face prison time. Um, and so that is horrible. That's, you know, the worst um, situation. Um, she can take a plea deal. Oftentimes these are um, in, in innocence work. We see this happen is that the state, it's kind of like a concession, but they still get their pound of flesh. 
Like, we're sorry, but ultimately we're not wrong. So they'll, they could do that. Um, they could have her plead to a lesser charge or have her plead to the charge of vehicular homicide and just say, uh, we're going to give you credit for the years that you've served already. And just that's the plea deal. No more time. That means that Katie walks away with a criminal conviction for something that she didn't do. But ultimately, she is free now, um, as free as somebody with a felony conviction can be. Uh, and then if she's found not guilty, well, finally. Um, but at the same point, I think I would be remiss to not recognize that um, someone died here and that the person who actually killed this person is still out there. And it will still be a mystery as to who did that. So, um, like, finally for Katie, absolutely, 100%. But that will not be the end of um, seeking justice. In the next episode, we will sit down with Katie's family to learn how this experience has changed their lives. And we will hear from Katie about how she feels going into what could be the final stages of her long fight for freedom. Justice is a Montana Innocence Project podcast. The artwork was created by Rob Truax, and the music was composed by Corey Fay. To learn more about the Montana Innocence Project, visit our website, mtinnocenceproject.org, or follow us on social media at Big Sky Innocence. To submit a case, visit our website and click on the Request Legal Assistance tab. Thank you for unpacking injustice with the Montana Innocence Project.